I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I am excited today to have Dr. Steve Green on the show, and Dr. Green is actually the publisher of Charisma, which this podcast is a part of the Charisma Podcast Network, and he also publishes the magazine, Ministries Today, Spirit-Led Woman, all their magazines, and then also he has the Green Lines podcast, and as well as a daily business podcast, and he's been such a successful leader. He's consulted on marketing and leadership all around the world, especially in North America, and I just love who he is. I love his heart. I love what he's doing right now in Charisma. He's taking uh, this company with Stephen Strang, who I love, and just really um, bringing it to another face, which I think is really beautiful. I think this amazing company is being reinvented again, which I think that happens when you're a company that every stage of growth you have to reinvent and you have to lead out of different principles. And uh, I read Dr. Green's book, Love Leads, which is, I love if you see the cover, the, the word is strength leads, but they cross out strength and they write with black Sharpie, love leads. And it's the spiritual connection between your relationships and productivity, which to me as a young entrepreneur, business owner, I'm, you know, plus minister, it's, I'm looking at, you know, I need these principles and how I'm leading people. I'm coming into a place of even reinventing and, and, and relooking and reassessing of how, how we're doing leadership. And when we're exploring the prophetic, I love how, I've been able to talk to you guys about how the prophetic is also practical. And when we hear from God, it affects our practical life, not just our super spiritual side of our life, but also the very practical ways. And for you who are business leaders or you who are leading people and church leadership or whatever kind of leadership you have, even your household, if you don't have a good conflict model, if you don't have a good leadership model, you'll revert to whatever you had with your parents or your first church experience. It's because that was your primary caregiver relationship your first time around. And so that's what will define you unless you learn. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does when we invite him into our lives is he becomes our counselor, our coach, our teacher, our rabbi of our heart. And so it creates in us a teachability to go on a journey to really, really learn. And that's what I love about Steve Green is that he's actually a teacher and educator first. And so he puts a lot of emphasis as the spiritual father who creates opportunities for people to learn. And you're going to hear that a lot, I believe, in this interview. Uh, I will read a little bit about him just so that you guys can know about him. He received his doctorate degree in marketing at a really young age at Memphis State University. I think he was around 30 and has served as the dean of the College of Business and professor of marketing at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. Uh, while he was in Tulsa, he also was a senior pastor, pastor of Bixby Community Church for over 10 years. He also has owned restaurants, national advertising agency, and syndicate market research firm. And he's nationally known as a speaker and a trainer in fields of marketing and leadership. He's been married to his wife since 1973, which is the year before I was born. So they've been married for a long time. And they have two children. And you're going to love him. Uh, I just can't wait to get to the interview because I believe... This is one of those uh, interviews that for some of you, you needed to hear this. You needed to hear that God is practical and that God loves marketplace, that God loves business people and that he's with you. And those of you who are not business people are still going to love to hear from Dr. Steve Green, who's like a father in the body of Christ, especially if you've ever followed any, any of the hundreds and hundreds of books that have been published by Charisma. I think it's actually over a thousand or two, but, uh, and also any of the magazines you're going to love. Uh, this interview as well, because you're going to hear some behind the scenes story. Okay, before we get to the interview, we have a special 
project we've worked on that I want to introduce you to. Growing Up With God is a resource that we created because we believe in children's ability to partner with heaven and hear God's voice. And parents ask me all the time, when did this start with you? And I tell them it was when I was a little kid that I started to hear God's voice and prophesy over people because I grew up in a nurturing environment that helped me to understand how God lives in me and how to access his voice in his heart. We've had so many incredible reports from parents who said we didn't know how to help our kids access the prophetic. And this resource was a game changer for our family. So I'm going to encourage you, get Growing Up With God, get the novel, we even have a coloring book, a workbook, the teacher's guide, the kit. I want to encourage you, whatever level you think your kids are at, grab hold of the resource and material and see what God will do for them. Well, today on the podcast, we have Dr. Steve Green. And Steve, you are in charge of our whole network that I'm on right now. So it's such an honor to have you on. Finally, I get you. This is awesome. Well, I'm excited. As I, I had a great time when I had the honor of interviewing you. Your show was outstanding. I get a lot of feedback from it. But I bet many of your listeners don't know how many downloads that you serve up uh, really every year with this show. It's just outstanding. We've had over a million downloads for your show in less than a year. That's amazing. It's wild. It is wild. When you guys approached us and talked to us about doing a show, I remember my, my CFO said, hey, Sean, I just feel like we're supposed to be doing life with people, being in their cars and their gyms, you know, just doing, and I feel if we did a podcast, that would help. And then we heard from you guys right afterwards, and it was so wild because it was just, it was just a God thing. He just showed up, and, and I've I, never done this before. I've done, I've done a radio show uh, where we interviewed people a long time ago. Uh, we did about 100 episodes, but I've never done this kind of a theme and had so much fun doing it. So thank you so much for providing the opportunity. I, I'll tell you what, you're blessing us and blessing so many people. You don't get those that many downloads unless you're really providing value. People tune in to listen to it because they're, they're getting something from it. And that's that's better than the average podcast, by the way, because it's, it's, it's like a Seinfeld no, show, yeah. much talk about nothing. Some of these podcasts. <laughs> I love yours. it. Not yours. No, I get what you're saying. Well, hey, uh, I want to get right into our interview because you are an expert in many things, and uh, you come across as both, of course, I've said in your bio, you have the whole ministry side, but you're also a businessman, and we're going to focus our interview today, and I'm going to ask you, because there's people who listen to our show, I, I bet you a good percentage, 30 40% are business owners, and then another 10 or 15% are work in an executive level or in a real level in a business or entrepreneurs. And so we actually have a lot of your audience who would listen to the show. And I want to ask about business owners and how important is it for them to seek the voice of God daily in their operations? Well, I don't know that you can put an importance on it other than absolutely the most important. You know, as we begin every day seeking him in our business, as we we stop thinking transactionally with God, like we're doing a transaction here, I pray you answer, and every now and then I bless you, totally. and you bless me back. That's a transaction. But what I think business, and that's the way we think as business owners, you know, a to-do yeah. list, get it done, get the force charged up, uh, click those to-dos out, you know, let's make sure we're getting the right things done. But yeah. what I pray to do more and would like to influence others to do is to make sure we understand what God is saying to us today and what is he blessing? That I want to be doing what God is blessing, not what he has blessed, what what he did in the past. I, I want to stay here in this new wineskin and understand what it is that he wants us to do in our business. I've got a, as much as you do as a, a, as a 
leader, as a minister, and your daily walk, you listen to God every morning for direction. Uh, I heard from you on our interview that you listen to him about walking up to someone on the street, that he gives you direction yeah. to go to that person. Wouldn't that be great if every business owner thought that way and sought him on a minute-by-minute basis of what would you have me do? What is the divine appointment for this hour? Well, and I think for you personally, like it's, I've been watching you evolve over the decades into even doing this, like you're helping to lead the Charisma Podcast Network here, the, the operations manager of Creation House or the promotion manager of Charisma Media. Like you've, you've been this businessman wearing many hats, but you've had to evolve with technology. And I'm sure some of that came because God gave you strategies. Is there any one story or a particular kind of thought wave that you go on when I mention those? Well, uh, that's a really a, a great question. It's involved. I think what God has done through me, remember, I came up through academics. And uh, yeah, I was a college professor at age of 23, had my doctorate by 30, was wow. teaching marketing, started consulting, got involved in the broadcast television industry, did a lot of consulting. And along the way, Sean, I think you know, I was a pastor of a church in Tulsa. Yeah. I had a good 10-year yeah. run with that and gave that up to move here and to work with Charisma to do the work I've done. I came in as executive vice president and publisher of the of the media group, which means I've got the magazines, oh, okay. digital, and that's, yeah. that's all I've done since I got here. And so I think that's what God had in mind. He always has in mind more than our uh, beginnings. He's such an omega God as well. And sometimes, yeah. you know this, the people you work with, they're really focused on the, the alpha and haven't given thought to how God is going to lead him to what he, how he sees this project completion. You know, I, I love for people to come yeah. to me in the church and say, I really think God has sent me here to help you complete this instead of begin this new work. Wow. I came to help you. I want to be someone who you can count on to finish this thing. God loves finishers. Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language right now. This is exactly what we need on our budding team. I'm like, yes. I was even praying that Hebrews 12 too, where it was like, Jesus, will you come and send us finishers, not just authors? Yes. So you're speaking my exact like today language, you oh know? Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And we didn't talk. We didn't set this up. You know, it's- We didn't. It's where my no. heart is and it's what I see in my, my teams, every team, when I go into a new church or I speak or I, I do some consulting, what they need is someone who's going to finish, who- are experts at the job of execution, not just idea. We don't need more ideas. We need more execution. Absolutely. It's so true. And I feel like in this generation, there's, especially the generation coming up, like, you know, the young 20s, 30s, I, I speak to entrepreneur groups, I speak to tech groups, and, you know, these kinds of, I've been invited to Google and Apple and these kinds of places, and they're hungry for a faith-based approach. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't have in their mind frame how, the process of the journey and the process of walking with somebody who already has their full map unfolded, who's already has their destinations, how valuable it is to walk with someone for 10 or 15 years before you fully start what you're supposed to do sometimes Isn't that and amazing? actually learn the process. And all along the way, you, it's just, you hear that great phrase for such a time as this, you know, it seems absolutely. like every time someone wants to start a project, it's a time as this, I hear it. But, you know, God yeah. wants us to finish in a time as this as well, to really accomplish oh, what so he, he planted a vision in, in me and you. He planted a vision in his leaders and the people that he appoints. He, he gives them some pretty good ideas on the, the journey. If, if nothing else, then I'll be there. 
You just start off. You take the first yeah. step, and the rest of it will be revealed to you. But you honor my leadership and go to that person across the street and ask them about their life. And things begin to yeah. happen just as you do that in your daily walk. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love that. And I, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit because okay. I feel like you just, I feel like what you just said was prophetic for a lot of people out there who I are hope just, so. they need those finishers. But what do you see God doing today in the marketplace? I mean, you're you're kind of looking from both the Christian market, but you also look at the big market with your background. What do you see God doing? Okay, I want to take it from two stance. And, and, and again, thanks for a powerful question. I think many people want to ask. But, you know, as business people, we get focused on our assets, accumulating assets, accumulating P&L, having retained earnings. I never have felt that God really cared much about my retained earnings on an accounting ledger. Hmm. I think he really wants me to give it away, uh, either uh, in, in the literal or in the figurative, in the way that I, I give what I learned about acquiring those assets. I think wow. that boils down to this word that I think is prophetic, is that what he wants from me as a leader and as a, as a business doer, as someone who helps people accomplish their financial goals with a top-line revenue approach, what he expects of me is the relationship must lead. The relationship must come first. So I don't have carnage yeah. on my path. I don't want to be known for how many people uh, got dismissed along the way. Some business uh -huh. leaders talk yeah. about that as a badge of honor. Like I went in and I cleaned that place out. I got rid of all the dead weight. I'm not sure that blesses God. I, I don't know. I yeah. would have to be there and look at it. But I know that, that what I hear today is that God wants me to help people get it right to work with people in a relationship way and to help them find what their calling is in that business. I sit at a table with my team and I say, I already know something about you, that God sent you here, planted you here. My job is to help keep you here by growing you. And if we have problems today, wow. if we don't do well today, we make mistakes, that's not an end. That's a cautionary tale. It's something to look at. But what I believe in a lot of ways a mistake, a failure in a project is prophetic. That what did we miss? How do we miss God? And how do we not see what God wanted us to see? Because he authored this. Yeah. He planted you here. Surely there's an outcome that he expects of us. How do we use our gifts and talents for a time such as this to, to succeed in our relationship first and our outcome second? And see, I hear the whole thing of what you're saying. I'm going to frame it this way. I hear like that God's really put you as a father nurturer in the midst of being a businessman because you're using language like a dad. You're using language like somebody who actually really cares about the individual, not just the project. And I think we've had this generation of people who've explored going after spiritual mandates or exploring the prophetic, so to speak, this this podcast. And they've they've done it as as kind of an orphan mentality where they oh, are great. about the business. They're about the, 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 you know, they're about the end goal, not about the people along the way. And so we've had you know, just these bloody battlefields of people who should have been picked up along the way and loved on and nurtured. Yes. And it sounds like to me, and it just, and, and all the people I deal with at Charisma that are connected to you, there's just such a, there's a nurturing that's happening there, which is really unique, mm -hmm. I think. Don't you think Jesus nurtured? Even as he left, when he corrected the model. Remember just after the uh, transfiguration, he, um, he came down, the, the apostles came down uh, off the mount. They got several things they got in out of order. There were about three experiences there in a row. And he corrected them on all three of those things that they were asking him. You know, can we just like 
go destroy them because they're speaking and they're doing it a different way, not the way we would do it. it. There were three different occurrences of that right after that experience. And what did he do when he corrected them? The very last part of that chapter, he said, now let's go to the next village. He was such a, he, he corrected, but he said, now let's go on. You know, this, too many business leaders, in my opinion, are about finding the end. It, you know, we got to stop this. This isn't working. You're not working out here. When we use threatening language in our workplace, as opposed yeah, to the way Jesus so built up, he exhorted, you know, he said what needed to be said, but then he said, let's go to the next village. Wow. Isn't that good? See, and that's, it is hard though. Cause as you know, we have a business as well. And I just think of some of the people, like there's times when you're looking at someone going, I just need you to perform. And then you have to like, let God lay on that for a minute before you say it and oh, <laughs> say, okay, goodness. you know, it's that, what would Jesus do bracelet? You know, okay, show me God how to lead in this situation. Cause we really do need a different result. We're looking for, we're, we're, we feel like we're on a kingdom assignment. We need a different result. And you expect people's character to automatically match that, that journey. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, there is a process of leading. And you, you wrote a book on this of leading out of love. And so, even the principle you just listed or talked about is in that book. And I just yes. feel like, you know, it's such, we're in a new, a new dispensation of global understanding yes. of how to lead. And it's happening in the, the secular markets, the Christian markets. People are globalized and thought that we have to do it differently, but there's not all those connection points yet. But what would you say as far as somebody, you know, somebody's like learning how to lead out of love, what took you on this journey to write this book and how did you go there? Well, I've, I've led poorly and didn't know it because <laughs> I was led poorly and didn't know it. There was just a yeah. theory X, you know, I'm of that age where my old school management training was at the at the other end of a table of a fist bang on that table saying you know uh, it's, you got to produce uh, you got till tomorrow you know it was always deadline focused meet this quarter's goals produce 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 what what I wanted to tag on to your previous question and it fits right here is when I'm at that moment where I'm saying I need performance I need to back up and see if I've done the training am I have I exactly. conditioned this team have I taught this team to produce have, have I done my job? Most of the time, Sean, if we back up and we retrain, how many times? Well, Jesus took him on a few boat rides, didn't he? And I know about yeah. a couple of them, and I think there were more where he continued to say, you have need to be taught again. Frequency is a great trainer. It's so good. And so many of, of us as leaders are teach it once and we're done. And if we teach it, maybe we're not so hot at teaching. And we don't. I, I like to yeah. look at uh, training budgets. I like to see what leaders are putting into coaching and training and, and their, how they go about the process of growing someone from where they are to where we want them to be. If someone's not performing, I'm at least equally to blame, and I think more than equal, because God sent them to me. Yeah. We had a, hopefully we prayed, we had a connection, we knew God was in it, so where, where's the fall down? What's, what's happening or what's not happening? It's almost always at the foot of the leader. I think that. And so I've got to do a better job. I don't And that's such a different mentality yes. because it takes conviction from the Holy Spirit yep. to actually hear where you're wrong. And I feel like a lot of leaders 
because they're solutions oriented or strength oriented, they're they're kind of victim mentality. They're blaming everything else for why things are going wrong. But in my times of consulting business leaders, there's times where I've sat them down and said, let's do some listening prayer over this problem. Oh. And usually they can find a place of taking personal responsibility and ownership for what went wrong instead of putting on everything else from the enemy to bad revenue to bad employees to betrayal or whatever. And all of a sudden they, they go, oh, wait, I'm actually empowered to lead this. I'm also empowered to break it. Yes. And I have to lean into conviction in my relationship with God to actually change things. And I think a lot of leaders don't think that way still in our generation to, to actually come into the power of the conviction of integrity and of the Holy Spirit. Well, what you've just said is what we started this interview with is to become less transactional and more relational. Yeah. And that's what God yeah. wants from us. He doesn't want to do transactions with us. He just wants us to Thank God. come and get us. He wants to, He seeks me out to love on me today. I'll wake up with that thought because of some great reading I've been doing lately. But it's a different thought than, you know, I'm seeking your will, but how about first seeking you and our relationship and the love that you have for me that I'm supposed to absorb so I can love others better? I I can't love others better until I learn to fully understand how much God loves me. So true. So the, the, that's it. I the mean, that's end the of leadership. Well, tell me this. Leadership begins and ends oh, with love. We, we, yeah. we are loved and we love on and we correct with love. We expect performance with love. And because I love you so much, what do we do with children in, in your home? You teach. Part, part of it is discipline and correction, but most of it is you have need to be taught again. Let's go through this. Yeah. What's the rules of the house? What do we say about that kind of behavior? What does God expect of us? You know, that works at work. And that's very relational. It's not transactional. Nobody feels attacked when we ask, what do you think God wants from you? How can you do better? Yeah. It changes the paradigm of the interrogation of a manager leader into a, a relationship question. It changes it. Now, and I hear all this coming out of you, and I know it's because you have a, a walk with God that's strong. And so we're exploring the prophetic on this podcast. So is there a time for you to get personal where you actually had a time where God revealed more of his love that way to you? Or is it, was there an encounter, an experience, or a time he just showed you something in the word that brought about this place of operation system that you're operating out of? That's good, Sean. And it's a, the kind of question I ask a lot. And it's I try to ask it of myself as, as much as I ask it of others. And that almost always it comes through the word. When I find I'm stale yeah. as a leader, I might be stale in the word. It's amazing how that works yeah. together, Sean. And so I make sure I don't get stale, that I start right, I begin with the right priority. But a personal story is when it seems like I have need to be taught again. Isn't that amazing? That when I find yeah. that I blunder as a leader, maybe I'm over. Uh, the word I use a lot is the roar of a lion. And it's in my book, but I don't want to roar like a lion. Lions might need to roar because they're animals. I don't need yeah. to roar. I need to ask the right questions. Jesus asked us many questions in the gospel. Sometime it would be a great study for your listeners to just look at how many times Jesus asked questions. We as leaders need to do that better and try to understand. And he knew the answer. He was waiting for the person to give the answer that he knew they needed to hear. And so when I find a failure, a, a place at which I, I can't believe that I said what I said or the tone that I used or the roar, not loud and mean, 
maybe harsh. I yeah, don't. Intense, yeah. There's so much. The Bible teaches us not to be harsh. It's not who we're to yeah. be. But to be, if I'm asking questions, I'll be less harsh. When I make statements, I tend to be a little more harsh. And so to, to really finally give you an answer, the best learning has occurred at my points of failure. When I go away yeah. and I think about it with my head on my pillow, how did I talk to that young person that way? You know, this is why, let's label them. I don't mean to label this group, but we know millennials don't have a lot to do with that style of leadership. They want to be, yeah. they want to have a part of it. They want to be asked questions, ask their opinions, and to be included. And isn't that the best leader that you've ever worked for? It's almost always someone who is the most inclusive. He wanted to know, or yeah. she wanted to know, what do you think? And really listened, hushed and listened. I don't want to tell anybody what to think. I want to hear them. And I think that's your point. And so in my failure, I talk too much. I talk right past an opportunity that someone had to talk to me and really open their heart up to me. And I miss that moment, that the moment when the Holy Spirit had them right at that point where they're ready to talk to me and to learn and to grow. And I talk right past it. See, and I love that because you're so self-aware, but it feels like you're self-aware because of your relationship with God versus just psychology. You know, yes. I love that because there's this place where you're growing in his nature and it's it's a trusted place that people who uh, are following, when they can sense the Holy Spirit is bringing self-awareness, there's a there's an added level of trust where it's like, okay, even if this person has this deficiency right now with me, I trust God in them. Yes. And I can pray for them. And that's way different. I love that as Christians, we have these alternatives when working in marketplace, when working in entertainment industries, when working in politics, when when you're working with somebody who has a Holy Spirit birth self-awareness. Mm. It's like so beautiful. In every well, let me ask you this. I got a, Go. I got a big question for okay. you. Um, how do you see marketplace leaders affecting the church and the coming awakening? Because we know that there's something brewing right now, and we know that uh, the marketplace is key to it, but how do you see that? Well, I think marketplace leaders have a lot to offer pastors besides their money. The problem with old school yeah. pastors and the old way of thinking is our business leaders help fund our vision. Well, business leaders yeah. need to be on boards. They didn't need to be engaged. They write very good to-do lists. They can create good products. Yeah. And I think what I'm seeing is more businesses being engaged with the operation of a church, getting involved in the day-to-day and Absolutely. helping to train, helping to lead, helping to put on the kind of sessions that, you know, we can teach each other, but it's not going to be as good as someone, the kind of caliber people you hang out with that you know. They're just, they're trained better. They've done more. They're, yes, they need more help spiritually and to grow, but they can bring a lot to a church. And there's one other thing I want to add based on my experience uh, when I traveled to Zimbabwe and what I saw there was, you know, the people of Zimbabwe aren't really able to tithe and to give the, the way that it's going to help a church to grow to 25,000 yeah. square feet building paid for in cash. How did they get that? About three businesses caught the vision. They caught what that wow. pastor was up to and they wanted to be a part of it. I believe, Sean, that we could come to a time in the church history where we're going to have to figure out how to fund projects in a much different way. You know, appeal letters are great. Uh, hand doing things that cause people to want to give. That's 
that's okay. That's a, that's a good model. But a better model is coming. And that's where we stand yeah. with partnerships in the marketplace that is seen as one, that we're all kind of trying. When a business leader comes to me and says, I want to help in the kingdom of God, I don't want to just grow your church. That's nice. You know, I'll do things for you. We'll build a building, and that's great. But how do we get to the uttermost? How can we do more that has more than a zip code appeal? And I think that's what the great awakening that this next great awakening is going to have with it is how the, the churches adapt marketplace leaders and marketplace leaders add broader vision to the scope of that local pastor. I love that because I just read uh, on the Barna Group website who do the church statistics around oh, the, uh, mainly North America. They, they had said, and I think this might have been from 2016, so don't quote me on this. I'll try and put it on our, our website, the right the right link. But they said there was enough money. I think it was 2016 they did the survey in North America in one year of Christians, just the Christians who said they're evangelicals, would have given 10%. There would have been enough money in that one year to reach every unreached people group in the world yes. from that point on. The, the Barnum and Group research. So the money's already there, but the, yes. the strategy's not there yet. So the, the, that awakening's not there yet. And why some marketplace leaders don't give more is they're not led. They don't yeah, see exactly. it. They don't know that there's good stewardship going on. By, you know, some pastors are, and it's not a fault of them. I'm not saying this in a bad way, but they're not transparent in the way that a business is used to transparency. A marketplace yeah, leader redefines transparency. And, and what are your goals and how are you funding that, that the, are we doing the right priorities? Where's where's the right ratio to what you say from the pulpit and what you do with your finances? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the new 501c3 church laws and bylaws uh, are that the 501c3 uh, government, you know, to, to be a legitimate group, you actually have to be more transparent than ever for the That's first right. time in history. That's true. And I think it's so healthy, at least in North America, and I know this podcast goes all around the world, but it's so healthy because it sets a model of we actually have to be more not professional but deliberate in what we do and i like the word professional too but we have to be more deliberate in our transparency which i think sets us up for even more revival because the more transparency we get the more people will buy in because they can see the the credibility yes Uh, sean what i prayed for and preached from pulpits for my marketplace leaders and i would do in a seminar is that they would first grow to a level where they were competent in the bible just competent and that they yeah. really understood what the discipleship mission's about. It's hard to make disciples if you haven't caught it. If you're not oh, a disciple maker. And don't we really want our marketplace leaders to be disciple makers? Yes. And if we absolutely. if we get there, brother, then a lot of what we talk about w- will be handled. That if they first love Jesus more than anything, instead of just loving the, the fame of being the the financial force behind the, the, the ministry. Yeah. If we get them to love Jesus first, we'll get all the other things worked out. So I, I want to say that that's a that's so big great. part of the equation is that we make sure that we have fully discipled a marketplace leader before we really accept uh, any leadership position inside of our church. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. It's so good. Well, I have an ending question for you and it's off topic or it might be on topic depending but I always like to ask all of my guests, what's the riskiest thing that God's shown you to do recently that you took a risk on? Sean, it's a pretty easy answer for me. And it, it was just amazing what happened. In Tulsa, I was a dean of the College of Business at ORU. Uh, 
Oral Roberts University, had a great ministry, was very well-known in the Chamber of Commerce. I was on the board of directors. I've been a chair. I just really was well-known in Tulsa and had an impact in that marketplace, I think, as much as any one man could. But I really enjoyed my church, and God called me to Charisma. And I was over 60. I had already turned 60. Uh, and the thought of this, I'm, I'm not going to compare myself to the Abrahamic call, but I'm going to say I was old <laughs> enough to stay put. Okay, I was done enough yeah. where I could have just finished with my church, with my ministry there, with what, what I was doing and changing. And he said, start over. You know, and I literally, wow. uh, when that call came, uh, said yes. I knew that God was in it. We prayed, of course, at previous phone calls. But when the call came to come and to work with Charisma, it was a life change. I had to give up my church to ready. Uh, the pastors came from within our congregation. Uh, I left education. I came to run a media group to work with a new people, to move to a completely new state and a new way of doing things with different expenses and different financial models. It was life-shattering. But I've been at peace since the day I got here. I've had some bad days like we all do, but I've had peace, and I've never doubted that I I know that I know God set me here. But I want to tell you, Sean, it it was a great risk, great financial risk, great— that is a great risk. That's a huge at that, risk. At that age, can I do I think it it's, again? It's awesome to see at this stage, though, of where you're at in charisma. And I don't, I we don't know each other very well personally, but I just was on the phone the other day with Stephen Strang, and I just had this feeling that charisma is coming into kind of a 2.0, kind of a a new version oh, of sorry. of everything God's called the whole company to, yes. and and the whole ministry to. And I feel like you're a big part of that. And ever since you've been involved there's been a lot of shifts and a lot of changes that i think have borne a lot of fruit so we're so grateful you made the shift for sure i'm i'm one of the byproducts of that shift that was some of that fruit well and i appreciate you're it. the reason and people like you and my employ- the team that i get to work with are the reason it's people it, it's yeah the pnl matters and business matters but sean they are second and tertiary it's way down the list when it comes to relationships that we can develop for the kingdom of god I love that. Well, tell us how to get a hold of you. I, I love your podcast. Thank you. You actually have two podcasts. What's the other podcast that you do? Well, I, I have Green Lines, and I have Green Lines is where I interview great people like you. And At Work With God is a daily podcast designed to help you while you're at work take God to work with you and see God in your work environment, yes. in your cubicle, in your office, in your work. And so we, it's a short podcast, about five, ten minutes, and I don't – rarely do interviews on that, but I just try to help people. That's perfect. And then you have your new book, Love Leads, and people need to read this book, Love Leads, but tell us how to get a hold of you. Uh, The book you can find just on Amazon. To get a hold of me, just find me at Charisma. It's drsteve.green at charismamedia.com. Not easy, but look in any Charisma magazine or look online, you can find me. Or give us a call here at Charisma, and I'm happy to speak with you or connect by email or any way it would help you. You're amazing. Thanks for being on the show Thank today. Thank you, Sean. I'm so honored to be your guest. What a great show you have. Please keep hearing God. You do hear him. Uh, I don't think you need me to say that to you, but I know you hear God, and it shows up every day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. 